All right, Figuring Out Fam, I'm super excited about this one, both because I think it was a phenomenal interview, but I'm also in Band and Dunes, about to play Band and Dunes uh, later today. But this interview is awesome. I had the opportunity to interview Jeff Bullock, who is one of the co-creators of a new golf ranking system called the Universal Golf Rankings or Tugger. What is Tugger? Tugger essentially is an unbiased world golf ranking system that I believe will make a big impact in the world of golf um, in the next coming months and years. I think this is going to be a big deal because it's a better system. And we get into it, how exactly it's a better system, why it's a better system. We get into the current system, the official world golf rankings, we discuss some of the assumptions they make, uh, which kind of contributes to the biases that uh, we see, which impact players on the PGA Tour, but players in different tours as well. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're on the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, or Live. It impacts you at the end of the day, being able to play in you know, high-level tournaments. So this was a really interesting episode. Jeff's a really interesting and smart guy, and I'm super excited to see what takes place in the coming months and coming years with Tugger. So I'd highly recommend checking them out. For more information on the Tugger methodology, check out their website, Tugger.org. That's T-U-G-R.org. They also have a presence on Twitter, at Tugger, again, T-U-G-R Golf on Instagram, again, at Tugger Golf, as well as on YouTube, at Tugger Golf. Highly recommend you guys checking them out, but I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Jeff, I really appreciate you for coming on. What you guys are doing is uh, is amazing over at Tugger. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Super stoked. Uh, I'm doing well, doing well. Um, I'm actually about to leave to Bandon Dunes here shortly, so I'm Ooh. really glad we could fit this podcast in. <laughs> That's awesome. We did, uh, when I say we, my brother's dad and brother-in-law, we did Bandon Dunes. I think it's been eight years ago now. It was awesome. Okay. Nice. Did you have a favorite course? So I love Bandon Trails, which I yeah. think is unique, but uh, most people like the ocean or the ocean courses, but I, I did love the trails. Yeah. I'm based in San Diego. I live like minutes from the beach. I can walk to the beach. It's like five blocks away. So I'm, I'm used to the beach, you know, sunny weather. So for me, I agree. I'm on the same sort of wavelength with you as far as trails being my favorite course. Um, I just love to be in the woods, you know, and it's like a totally different environment than, than what I'm used to here in SoCal. Have you been there? Yeah, so I do like an annual trip um, with some buddies. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm just yeah. smiling thinking about it because there's like nothing better than a golf trip, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say make sure you spend time on the Punch Bowl. We had a lot of fun there too. Mm -hmm. So speaking of kind of like golf trips and, and conversations that take place, a lot of the things that come up are like, who's your favorite golfer? Who's the best golfer in the world? And that's why I'm super thrilled to have you on because, you know, I know you're working on. A, I'm not sure exactly where things are at, but I know you're working on something really exciting in the world of golf ranking. So, so can you kind of give us a little introduction to who you are and what, what you're about, what you're working on? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jeff Bullock. I'm one of the co-founders of the Universal Golf Rankings. And uh, where did the Universal Golf Rankings come from? So we call it Tugger, T-U-G-R um, for short. And Tugger is just a byproduct of kind of the frustration that we've felt in the uh, golf rankings world over the last a few months and maybe even the last year in that we just feel like there's uh, a lot of flaws in the current systems and it's not just us it's the pros right i mean tiger woods called the official world golf system um, rankings uh, flawed and that a new system needs to be created and john rom says it's laughable scotty scheffler says it's flawed and so we were on a golf trip when i say we my brothers and uh dad and brother-in-law uh, we were down at kiowa islands uh, nice. just a few months ago and uh 
the topic came up, right? We were just eating dinner and we were talking about it. And, uh, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that uh, things are not going to get better unless someone d does something about it. And thus was the universal golf rankings. The idea was born. And then they literally in the airport and on the airplane. And uh, we started mapping out how we would go about ranking golfers in an independent, unbiased and all inclusive way. Um, and after a few weeks of iterations, we, we cracked the code and we can kind of get more into, you know, why we feel like we cracked the code, um, compared to what's out there. Um, but, uh, we're super excited. We've, we've literally been launched for two weeks and the, uh, outreach and the, um, feedback has been, uh, amazing. That's awesome. So when you think of like the OWGR, right, the official world golf rankings and sort of how things currently stand, can we, can we kind of give people an idea of like the flawed system? I mean, you talked about Tiger, you talked about John Rahm, you talked about Scotty Scheffler. These guys have all been number one at some point in their career. Can we talk a little bit about why it's laughable in your guys' eyes and, and what makes you wanting to go out and create a new system? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, you know, I'll just ask you a question at the heart of sports, any sport, what, uh, what determines who's the best at the end of the day? I would say winning percentage. And I guess it's different championships for me comes to mind is like, like for golf, it'd be like winning, you know, tournaments and winning majors. Uh, at the end of the day, it's just winning. And, uh, so Unfortunately, what the current systems do, if we're talking about the official world golf mm -hmm. rankings, is they've created an arbitrary points system to rank players. And what goes into that point system? Lots of assumptions. There's a field size assumption. There's a strength of field assumption. There's a tour bias. Uh, and you can you kind of start listing everything out that goes into it. Uh, I sent a tweet out this morning, but on the official world golf rankings website, uh, they list out that they have changed their methodology 30 times in the last 36 years. So they're, they're constantly just changing how they figure out who are the best players wow. in the world. And it's a points based system that has arbitrary inputs that go in and arbitrary inputs that come out. And, um, can we talk through, because you kind of said them quickly. So when you think of the, the arbitrary assumptions, you said strength of field, right? What were the other two? They've got a strength of field assumption. They've got a field size assumption. So, you know, they give more points to tournaments that have bigger fields than smaller fields. And then they've got right. tour biases, right? So they, mm -hmm. you know, a PGA Tour event might be have more points available than a DP World Tour event or, you know, or, or other events that way. So uh, there's kind of these embedded assumptions that the official world golf rankings has a video that explains how they do it. And the funniest part about the whole video is about halfway through the narrator says, okay, I might be losing you at this point, but hang mm -hmm. with me. Does he literally, he literally says that in the, he in literally the says video. that. So if in your official video, you have to say, I might be losing you at this point. And then, you know, golf.com wrote an article a few months ago and it inside it, it says the, um, it says the official world golf rankings were complicated and they just got more complicated. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so it's just, there, there's no, there's no kind of sanity, sort of the kind of the sniff test of like, does this yeah. even make sense? 
Mm. Who are these guys then? Like, like who, who even makes up the world golf ranking? Like from a background standpoint, just curious, like how are we getting all these inputs and like, who's even determining this? Yeah. So it's an official company. Uh, right. And, um, and then there's, uh, it, it's mainly run by the governing bodies of golf. Right. So the you know, there's representatives of PJ tour, the RNA, uh, the different governing bodies, and they kind of vote who's, you know, who's allowed to participate, you know, what events are sanctioned events and what are not and the different methodologies uh, that go right. in. So think of it as the governing bodies of golf have created an entity that do that. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is live, right? Right. Yep. Absolutely. Was that kind of your driver to creating this or, I mean, that I had say... to have come up in these conversations, right? At uh, the table yeah. at Kiwa. Yeah, no, it definitely came up uh, in the conversation. I wouldn't say it was the driver uh, by any means. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just golf fans like you. We go on golf trips. We love the game. You know, it's it's more than just a game. It's something that brings you together with your friends, like you said, with your family. And uh, just as a golf fan, you kind of looked around and you said, hey, these these rankings aren't accurate. Um, Liv definitely put the propellant to it because anyone who says that you know, certain players who are outside of the top 100 or outside of the top 50 now uh, aren't truly top 100 players in the world, um, you know, it just feels a little off. Um, and and so, again, the, it goes back to, well, how do we create now a system? Now that the golf world is, you know, somewhat fractured, you know, divided mm-hmm. tours of the best players in the world, how do you create a system where you can accurately rank players who play on different tours uh, and maybe only play each other four to eight times a year, whether it's at majors or DP world tour events where there's some crossover. And that, that was sort of the crux, crux of the question. Okay. So let's get into it, man. How exactly yeah. do you guys do it? Also, what's your background? Are you guys like data scientists? Cause I've seen on your Instagram, you have like a lot of really cool charts and plots and stuff as far as like visualization yeah. goes. Are you a data scientist or, or what's your background before we get into it? Yes. Yeah, so there's six of us, and uh, we we've got a great team. We all have uh, kind of different backgrounds, but our kind of our skills combined uh, makes a great team. So we've got a few, you know, we've got data kind of data analytic back data analytics background, um, you know, web developer, great marketing and business background, um, uh, and so you you kind of look at the the skills that we have and it kind of touches everything but yeah we have uh, two of our team members are deep data analytics background of folks who can do all the visuals and run all the kind of the the cloud computing and everything is data now real fast i mean you like see all these stats on golf channel now like stroke game putting stroke game like what does this even mean i have no idea Well, well that's that's the thing too and that was again going back to sort of like one of the fundamental principles is how do you create an output for rankings that makes sense to, to everyone. So let's, let's dive into the methodology, right? So, so first of all, let's take a step back. The methodology for official world golf rankings. And then there's a few other ranking systems or websites out there that, you know, are kind of analytics driven or kind of geared towards um, predictive models or gambling. Right. Um, But, you know, just kind of sticking with the official world golf rankings their methodology, like I said, is multi-level, multi-layered, right? You've got two or three or four different inputs. Each of those inputs needs arbitrary assumptions to go into it. By that, do you mean they're like weighted? They're like on a weighted criteria? Okay, yeah. They're on a weighted criteria. So for those, you know, those listening to your podcast who might not know, one of the changes they made six months ago is that 
you get awarded points for the official world golf ranking. And then after 13 weeks, those points start losing value. So the weighting goes down. And, you know, again, I say, well, why 13 weeks? Why not 20 weeks? Why not 25 weeks? Why not two weeks? Right? Like, there's just these arbitrary assumptions of weightings, or, again, field size or strength of field. I always, uh, what we talk about internally is, uh, each of these ranking systems has a chicken and the egg dilemma, right? So which came first? And it relates to strength of field and the best players in the world because to get a strength of field number that they assign to a tournament, you have to know who the best players in the world are because you have to know who, you know, how strong that field is. But to know how strong that field is, they're trying to create a strength of field number. So it's a circular reference of, Mm -hmm. you know, well, which one do we do? So these ranking systems have to pick strength of field and then create a strength of field arbitrary number that they're coming up with. Yeah. From the very beginning, it's flawed. Yeah. It's just flawed from the start. So it's kind of the old garbage in, garbage out. Like if it's flawed from the start, the outputs are going to be flawed. So what did we do? Let's go to the methodology. We wanted to be simple and we wanted to get back to winning. What is the most important thing is winning. And with a golf tournament, it's not just winning the tournament, but you're playing 155 individual tournaments within the tournament against all the competitors, right? So, Dan, you and I, we go out and play golf consistently. And you beat me by two shots every time consistently. And then let's say you have a friend, Greg, who you guys play a lot together too. And he consistently beats you by one shot. If I never play Greg, could we infer how much better Greg is better than me because of our different links? For sure, yeah. Yeah, you beat me by two shots. He yeah. beats you by one shot. So, so three I mean, shots, yeah. We, we can infer that Greg's three shots better than me, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, what if we added two more players in there? What if we added Bill and Fred? And what if Bill played you consistently and Fred played me and Greg maybe played them? If we had enough time and the right, you know, math formula, could we map out all of our connections and mm-hmm. figure out who's the best between the five of us? Yeah. Yeah, we could do that because we're just using performance data and who beats who, who wins on the most consistent level. That's that's what we did. We took head-to-head matchups of every golfer against every other golfer. And we mapped it in this. So every golfer on every tour essentially is is now. That's essentially what it is. So we've got thousands of golfers by thousands of golfers in the database. And we've matched their individual head-to-head matchups against each other. Against each other right? Mm-hmm. And so what's cool is you can look at, um, you can click on any player on our website. So click on Rory, click on scotty and it'll pop up and it'll say you know scotty scheffler has played against 435 different competitors in the last 18 months oh that's Mm kind of cool right so over the last 18 months we know in all the tournaments he's played in he's competed against over 400 different players and we've got 400 different connections and links just with him and now think about doing that with all of the other players and you create this this web right or this matrix almost think of like a three-dimensional matrix with all of these links and connections of everyone's head-to-head matchup. And then you use a cloud-based optimizer, uh, cloud computing, and it outputs a statistically precise ranking. And then the output, what, what is great is it's understandable. The output is just 
your relative strokes against the best player in the world. Hmm. So that that guy's always going to be benchmarked essentially as yeah. like okay, so he's going to always be compared to everyone else, which makes sense, right? I'm just trying to like yeah. talk it out with you, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to the rankings on our website, right, tugger.org, Rory McIlroy is the number one player in the world according to the Universal Golf rankings. Every so he's at zero, and everyone is benchmarked against a benchmark against him. So Max Homa is close to I think one shot per round worse than Rory right now over the last eighteen months. Every time they play together, so that's the difference between the fifteenth or sixteenth ranked player in the world. And the best player in the world is one shot around. Wow. You know, the the difference between the hundredth ranked player in the world and the and the best player in the world is two shots around, right? Mm. So it, it's cool because you can also start seeing like what a, there's such a fine line between being good and great um, right. in golf. Just a few shots around, or a half a shot around, or a quarter shot around, um, and that's what the output is. So it's simple, it's accurate. And it's transparent. And that's mm-hmm. what the Tugger rankings are, is we take head-to-head matchups, just like I explained in our simple example, you and me and you and Greg, and we can infer what Greg and I are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you put it in a massive matrix, kind of a, a cloud-based, and let the optimizer run, and it can output, you know, who's the best players in the world. Right. So how does, like, playing different courses impact that as well? Just curious, because I'm just trying to understand it. So say you were yeah. to play, you'd mentioned Kiowa, like PGA comes to mind, right? That's a really challenging course compared to like, say, waste management, right? TPC yep. Scottsdale. Like how does that variable impact um, like score as well? Yeah. So remember, everything is just a head-to-head matchup. So if you've got the best players in the world playing against each other, they are all playing a really difficult course that week, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a level playing field. If they're playing waste management, which is a birdie fest, they are all playing an easy course that that week. And so they're all matching up against each other. And so the difficulty of conditions, the strength of field, the field size, all of these arbitrary assumptions that other ranking systems have to make, those are all inherent within the performance score that gets optimized for the output. So they're okay. all, it's all accounted for in the simulation once it runs. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, that's interesting because I'm thinking of like, you know, when Live plays an event versus when like the PGA Tour plays an event, different different fields kind of situation, you know, that's what comes yep. to mind. So that's no, that's a perfect example, right? So we don't need we're not taking course ratings or we're not taking slope ratings of golf courses and trying to do some formula because what we care about is how do they compete against each other on the biggest stages in golf, right? So, yeah. Let's an example for this year. So Liv's going to play what 14 or 15 tournaments within their circuit. The PGA Tour has got 40 or 50 plus tournaments within their circuit. How often do Liv players and PGA Tour players cross over and play in the same tournament? I'm assuming right now it'd just be like a ma- a major, right? Made yeah, majors. So or all the like- majors they'll cross. Like when they Go went ahead. to Dubai, yeah, they went to Dubai Perfect, yeah. what, two weeks ago or whatever. Okay. Two weeks ago. Yep, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. So because DP World Tour right now lets live players play, right? Mm-hmm. So between the majors and the DP World Tour events where PGA Tour players cross over 
live players crossover, DP world players crossover. You get all the best players in the world crossing over and playing against each other. And again, you're creating this, these links, these connections that they play enough against each other. And then they play enough against all the other people, uh, all the other players in the golf world that you have a statistically sound output. There's, there's enough data from a math standpoint to say, yes, you know, these connections are strong and we can continue to rank them this way. So another example. So Sebastian Munoz and Mito Pereira just went over to live, right? That was just announced a few days ago. They have year, you know, we, we use 18 months. Uh, we, we use the past 18 months of data um, for the rankings. So for the past 18 months, they've been playing against only PGA Tour players. They're going to now start playing against live golfers. And so all of the connections that they have are going to be integrated into the live Gotcha, yeah. Because that was system. my misunderstanding. Like, that was like the brain fart to me or the gap. It's like, all right, well, because they have all this historical data, they can, you guys can, can measure that and compete on that. Because that's, yep. that's kind of where I was like, wait, how does this make sense if they've never played against one another? But there is connection like via past past data or past data, right? Well, it's twofold, though. It's There is a connection via past data since we look back 18 months. There is going to be connections via future data because they will compete against each other. But then it's the, it's the example I gave at the beginning. The, the web allows you, kind of the web of connections allows you to accurately rank players who don't play against each other, or maybe only have minimal connections, right? Because it's the same way that I can infer that Greg is better than me by three shots via the connection with you to him. We have so many more stronger connections with all the hundreds and thousands of players that cross over and play each other that that we can infer. I mean, we can literally infer out to the fifth decimal, which we don't need wow. to go out that far. That's crazy. You know, who yeah. be, because the the links and the rankings are that strong. And so, again, zooming out to the 5,000-foot level, we're trying to do away with the arbitrary assumptions that riddle the current ranking systems. Yeah. I wonder – so those correlations are significantly stronger than like those assumptions. Because those assumptions are – like you had mentioned earlier, you used the word arbitrary. It's just like a couple of guys sitting in a room saying, hey, let's wait yes. it this way. Yeah, let's wait it that way. No this data. Way should be that way. Yep. Right. That's exactly Which is right. totally bullshit, right? Excuse my, excuse my uh, language. I can edit that out, you know? Yeah, no, no, that, that's exactly right. It's, um, it's stripping out the human element of someone saying, because that was the other thing. When we were sitting there in the airport trying to figure out the best way to go about ranking somebody, we said, look, we can create our black box or our, I even think the, the first iteration that I sketched out, I was like, okay, well, let's say if you win a tournament, you get a hundred points. And then my brother's like, well, why 100 points? Why not 50 points? Why not 80 points? We're no better off. We're no better than the other systems out there if we're going to do a points-based system. And it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. So like, let's get away from these points-based systems that mean nothing, right? Like I, I sent a, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I sent a tweet out yesterday and I said, Scotty Scheffler won 65.32184 points for winning the waste management. What the heck does that even mean? Right? Like, 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 what the heck does that even mean that he won 65.8253 world ranking points that are going to start losing value in 12 and a half weeks? Right. Again, it's their well, black the box. The fact that they have changed it 30 times or whatever, you said 30 times in 36 years or 32 years. I mean, that yeah. alone is just like, 
major red flag, right? It's 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 right on their website. They're, they're, I mean, I think I, I could bring it up. They were I was looking at it. They they've made some tweak or change to it every year for almost the last ten years. Some change, mm-hmm. adding a tour, changing the methodology, changing the weighting system, changing the strength of field assumption, and they're all you know. And I kind of described it as it's band aid, band aid, band aid, band aid. Mm-hmm. To the point where Tiger Woods just said, look, it's it's too flawed. We need a better system. Like, right. you know, he didn't say, let's fix the system. Here's the, the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time. He didn't mm-hmm. say, let's fix the system. He said, we just need a better system. Yeah. No, it's interesting to think, okay, like over this X amount of period of years, 30 plus years, they've changed it 30 times. Um, but it sounds like what you guys are doing is really cool because it's just – you know, basically tossing that, throwing it away, trashing it and coming up with a new fundamentally new different sort of data model that is based on math, based on cloud computing. I mean, it's 2023. We have AI, we have all of this technology. It's like, let's leverage this. And it's just data. It's just kind of like math statistics at the end of the day, right? Well, yeah, but it's not just that. It's based on performance and it's based Mm -hmm. on winning is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, and again, not just winning at the tournament level, but beating your competitors on a week in and week out basis, which again, that is what matters at the end of the day, right? Like when you look at all mm-hmm. the different sites that do rankings or official world golf rankings, they always talk about, well, the field adjusted strength of this tournament was XYZ or the, you know, the weighted average strength of this. And I'm sitting there going, well, who won? Right, like, isn't yeah. that what isn't that what matters? Like, did we did we strength of schedule adjust the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs? And like, mm-hmm. no, who won the game? Right, they're the right. best. Right, and um, mm-hmm. and so that's what we were trying. We're getting back to. It's not just pure math and pure statistics. It's based on performance when they play against each other, which is the purest way to rank somebody. If you and I play 30 times and you always beat me by two shots every time, you're two shots better than me. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And just to reiterate, you'd mentioned like those three assumptions from like the OWGR, like for your system, there's literally zero assumptions, right? Are there any assumptions that are made? Okay. So what are the assumptions that we make? We go back 18 months is what we use yeah. so that so it's the past 18 months of of performance data and then it is literally head to head matchups is what it is when when two players play against each other on the same day at the same course you know from the same tees right because they're playing in the same tournament that's what goes into it and that's what gets optimized so it's performance data in performance data out and that's why again the output is relative strokes to the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Okay. So we're not making, yeah, no. we, and, and we don't, it's not that we're not making, it's that we don't need to make a strength of field assumption or a field size assumption, or we don't need to bias the PGA tour over the DP tour. Cause we just think that the BGA tour has better players, right? All of that in theory, not in theory, but all of that in practicality is wrapped up in the optimization of cloud computing because it outputs the best players in the world based on the strongest fields, based on the field size, based on all that. I love it. I think it's awesome, man. I think it's really cool what you guys are doing. Like you're you're pushing this new thing. I think change is good. Um, so I'm just glad to have you on. I'm honored to have you guys on. Um, you talked a little bit about Tiger. And like yeah. when you looked at Tiger... Because you you have all this historical data now. I mean, yep. there's so much 
so many stats that you can kind of go back and look at things. You'd mentioned, um, you know, Rory being like a stroke better than the hundredth guy or two strokes. I think you said, I just mm-hmm. kind of wanted to dial in cause I'm sure you've done this or have you done this where you've like looked at tiger in his prime and compared him to the peel and compared him to the field to see like where he stood at that point. So we, uh, that, that is a project we're doing. We've, we don't have the data on that yet, but it's something we're going to do. The, the great thing of what this system can do is it's basically what you're saying is that it will tell you the magnitude by which they dominated, not just that they dominated. Um, so again, let's just use an example. Scotty Scheffler wins the waste management, gets 65 whatever world golf ranking points. If he won that tournament by 20 shots or by one shot, he would have gotten the same number of world golf points because they do not factor in magnitude of victory. In the Tugger system, every shot counts, right? If you beat someone by 20 shots, the magnitude by which you beat them plays into the rankings. And so we can not only rank people accurately, but we can quantify dominance, by the number one player in the world or the number five player in the world relative to somebody else. And so, yeah, when we take the data all the way back to Tiger's prime, I'm sure we'll see, like, I think of the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach where he won by 15 shots, right? The dominance that he had in that tournament. Or even like Jack, like seeing that. I don't know from like a historical standpoint if that data is available, but that would be interesting to do as well, just to see like the actual GOAT. Because these conversations take place all the time, right? I mean, going on a golf trip, we're going to talk about Tiger. It's just part of the process, right? But it would be cool to like go back to freaking Hogan and like these old guys to see where it just has like a side thought I had. Yeah, no, we uh, we want to do it. We haven't done it yet. We've been focusing on the here and the now trying to disrupt the system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like how I guess one thing that kind of comes to mind is you had mentioned like the OWGR uh, having sort of like affiliation with like the RNA and the PGA. So to get this accepted as like the commonly accepted sort of approach, I mean, what, what does that look like for you? Or how, how do you think through that? Yeah, Cause that a- would be a fundamental, a huge fundamental shift in the way people have been thinking about golf and doing golf. I mean, you'd mentioned 30 years. We keep kind of going back to that 30 year number, but yep. golf, you know, is slow. Things, things are slow to sort of change. Like how, do, how does this get accepted um, by the masses? Yeah, and I've thought about that a lot because I mean, you're, you're, you're climbing up a massive uphill. You're, you're, you're right. going against the, well, like private interests like this, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh. it's like political almost, right? Oh, it's very political. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, how do I think it gets accepted is, well, first of all, the golf world knows that it doesn't work, right? It's, I mean, again, the players have said it, the fans have said it. Um, so there is a, I feel like the golf world is starving for a new solution. And so first of all, I feel like that is, you know, we're not trying to convince people that a new solution is needed. People know a new solution is needed. So that, that first step has already been done, which I think is the hardest part. Uh, The second step is just buy-in and acceptance. And I think since you're going up against sort of the institutions of golf, that is going to be done at the fan, the player and the media level. Right. If mm-hmm. if it's just so overwhelmingly, um, you know, viewed that OWGR doesn't work and that there's a better system out there, then people will just start citing the other system is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, 
that's sort of how I see it going forward. Um, but th there hasn't been a good alternative up to this point. Again, there's some random sites out there that have their version of a ranking that, you know, again, are plagued by the same flaws that OWGR has. And so i.e. assumptions like, uh, yeah i.e. strength okay. of field assumptions relative stroke assumptions right. you know field weighting assumptions and so when you like dig down to it it's it's like arguing well my mousetrap's better than your mousetrap right and so we wanted to pull ourselves out of that argument we didn't want to say oh our formula is better than your formula because or our assumptions better than yours it's like no this is just the most accurate precise unbiased way to rank players and you can't argue against the assumptions because the only input that goes into it is performance data Right, so I you love can, it. I think can, it's genius. Yeah, so you, I, I love you it. You yeah. can't tell me that my rank. I mean, you can tell me my rankings are stupid. That's fine, but you can't tell me the data mm. is inaccurate because the data is what the players actually scored. It's not Jeff's assumption of what the field strength was based on some arbitrary point system that I created while I was sitting on an airplane. Right. Mm -hmm. So back to your yeah. original question. How does this get accepted? I mean, I think it's uh, it, it 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 just gets accepted, hopefully quickly and hopefully naturally. And where where you really see the difference, and I'll go, you know, just zooming out, the biggest differences you see between Tugger and OWGR and other ranking systems happens kind of in the the golfers who are ranked fifty through two hundred and fifty. Because you know that because right. I noticed that on your Instagram, it looked fairly similar to for one of your latest posts. It was like maybe one player or something that was like off, right? You know, the top ten, top twenty are probably going to be very similar, just because we know those are the best players in the world. Where you can mm -hmm. see that the current system um, is it's flawed towards that group that is ranked fifty to two fifty. And it really, it favors, it favors certain, again, tours, certain tournaments, you know, certain, all these outputs favors certain things better than other people. Um, and, and really at the heart of the, the Tugger system too is consistency. You can be, and, and, and I don't fault these people like at all, you can be an extremely volatile player and do well in the FedEx Cup and do well in the official world golf rankings. And yeah, you're just winning at the right time. You're winning right, at the right, right fields, time yeah. and you grab a lot of Peaking. points on these points based systems, mm -hmm. which is great. Like, congratulations. I got like, that's awesome. You're making a great career out of your volatility. Um, I wouldn't rank someone like that as, you know, some of the greatest or best players in the world because to me, the hallmark of a great and best player in the world is consistency. You are consistently great. You are consistently the best, right? You're not just that win a tournament, every one or three or five years or not even necessarily win but finishing top 10 to get you enough fedex cup points to make your card for the next year right so mm -hmm. there there are there are situations in the rankings where you know there are players that might be high on the fedex cup list because they had one good tournament in 10 or 20 tournaments and they've missed 10 or 15 cuts but be, their one good tournament keeps them up but like the reality is they're just not that consistent of a player yeah. No, it'd be interesting to hear from like a guy on tour or on live about this. Have you talked to anyone and gotten any feedback from like players or organizations that we can like talk about here on the pod? Uh, we've not talked to any players, but we have had some conversations. It, I, I guess I'd just take a step back and say the, we've been launched for two weeks, right? And the, okay, yeah. the 
outreach and the feedback has been way more than we thought overwhelming, which again, just mm-hmm. proved to us that the golf world's starving for something new and independent. And we have had uh, high level conversations with um, different players in the industry um, that we're super excited about of where things are going. For sure. No, it's interesting. Kind of a, just a thought, I ra- a random thought I had. You, you talked a little bit about how, kind of jumping around here, how it's not necessarily the top 10, top 20, but it's the guys sort of following that. And I want to say, I saw something on your Instagram page. It was like Sergio Garcia. It had him ranked in the you know, the world golf rankings. And then in the Tugger system, he was like 37 spots better. It's like some significantly higher, right? Yeah. Than where he is currently ranked. So just. Well, and it's, it's no different than DJ, right? I mean, I think DJ is the easiest guy to point to, right? He fell out of the top 50 in the official world golf rankings. Uh, I believe we have him. Like yesterday, right? Yeah. Like the I, other day. The other yeah. day. And I think Tugger has him at 15th uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, he was playing between the majors and between the crossover events. We have plenty of data to show that he is still playing at an extremely high level, right? Again, and I'm not in, this is no, we're not taking sides on the live debate or anything. We're just golf fans. We just want to know who the best players in the world are. But the argument that um, some of these live players are playing at a lower level because they went to a different tour is, is actually it's factually inaccurate right and we and we and a lot of guys will bring that up i mean that's commonly discussed i mean that's like a very standard narrative that exists when you think of live you think of this this field's weak these guys aren't as good as a pga tour right Right. the courses are garbage right they're easy but again when it comes back to the courses are garbage um you know discussion and like i you know we could go down lots of rabbit holes they're all playing the same course so if the courses are garbage, then they all should be, if they're an elite golfer, they all should be dominating. And so right. we get the scores relative to each other, and then we can start cross-referencing those relative to other places. If they're playing garbage courses and weak fields, then when they go to majors or other crossover events, they're going to they're gonna play bad. And if they do, they're going to fall mm-hmm. on the world rankings. But if they go to a crossover event, when I say crossover event, right, an event where there's, you know, PJ Tour players, DP World Tour players right. and everything, and they're finishing top 20, top 10 or, or winning, right? It, it shows that they're still playing in the elite level, right? I mean, Abraham Answer, mm-hmm. a live tour player, won the Saudi Invitational. Like, that was, that was a good field, right? And now there's a lot of data from that tournament that crosses over to the PGA Tour tournament because you had cam young there you had cameron champ there you had lucas herbert there so again the the links and the connections just from the saudi tournament are good you go back to the dubai tournament with rory winning and now you know it was great rory the best player in the world won everyone's benchmarked against him and we've got a great data point for the next 18 months against the best player in the world Right. What's also so cool about this is it like just gets stronger and stronger and stronger, right? And it just continually updates with each tournament and not necessarily on one tour, but I mean, guys are playing golf all the time, right? Different tournaments all around the world. So with each event, you have new data to put into the system and things are just, I just, I think it's awesome, man. I think it's really cool. No, that's what's really exciting for us is, first of all, I feel like it, um, I mean, I've always been a golf fan, huge golf fan, but very PGA Tour centric. That's just what we we, we right. see. 
But now, because I pay attention to the, all of the different events, because I'm interested in which players are crossing over to make our web and our links and our connections stronger, I pay attention to the greater golf world more. Um, and like I said, with Mito and Sebastian going over to live, mm-hmm. the connections just got even that much stronger because they've got all this, you know, all the, all this data from the PGA Tour that is now going to be integrated in. Think of it just like fil- it, it infiltrates um, the live tour and, and you're going to get more accurate connections that way. The one thing that comes to mind is like, I mean, we talked a little bit about narratives that exist with live. You go on golf channel, you see like all, you don't even really see much live coverage because it's all like owned by the PGA tour. So I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how like live kind of goes into the future, moves into the future and now that we have systems like Tugger, it sort of levels the playing field for these world rankings because I know that's a big factor to get into majors and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see what the next you know three to five years looks like because again, in I mean, in less than that, in in twelve months, you know, DJ is going to be ranked two hundredth in the world, and um, you know, Joaquin Niemann. Uh, is ranked higher than DJ right now in the Tugger system. He's he's 13th in the world, but they're going to just keep losing official world golf points. I mean, I think I back of the envelope, I mathematically, you know, saw that somebody can somebody who plays DP events and maybe gets in a major here and there and does well, you could probably maintain a top hundred ranking, right? Just because there's enough world golf points in the current system, again, quote unquote, in the system that will allow them to stay in the top hundred if they perform well in those events. But again, it's an inaccurate, um, it's an inaccurate ranking representation of where they're really at. Yeah. Cause those guys are just going to slipping. I'm like, you like you just said, they can, they could not play well. Yeah. They'd have to play well, but if not, they're just going to keep, and I want to say Bryson's like his world ranking is absolutely plummeted. Right. Yeah, no, it has, he just like, hasn't been playing well in majors. Yeah. yeah and those are the only times he can get, you know, world, world golf rankings. Right. Yep. And really, I mean, the biggest difference like we've talked about is you get a Neaman or a DJ who's 13th and 15th in the Tugger rankings, but they're 50th, 60th, 70th. I mean, it's a big deal to be a top 20 player in the world compared to being a top hundred player in the world. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's a big deal. So it's like if people are like, oh well, DJ's ranked seventy seventh or whatever, and we don't really like that doesn't really matter. Like it actually does matter. Like if you're playing against the seventy seventh best player in the world or the fifteenth best player in the world, it's a big deal, right? And right. Uh, and and we can we can mathematically show that that means six, seven, eight shots per tournament, right? right. Like they're that much better than they are. Would you could you apply this model to like other sports as well? I mean, have you? thought about that that's one thing that comes to mind because it's just like guy talk you know like i saw this thing on instagram today was like lebron james versus michael jordan what's more what's more impressive longevity or dominance right right and you know they they laid out all the trophies here and there but that's a conversation my buddies and i regularly have like this model seems like obviously this is you know focused in golf but you could potentially kind of create something like this for basketball for, for other sports as well right yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of the same argument. Do you want to have a Freddie Couples career with 15 wins, two players' championships, and one major? Or a Brooks Kepka career with four majors and just a few other wins, right? right. And, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion, right? Where, where this model would, this model definitely would thrive in other um, sports. Uh, the sport that comes to mind is wrestling. 
right? Where you're trying to rank players who are always, you know, again, it's an individual sport where you're competing against lots of matches and you're trying to figure out, well, who's the most dominant for a weight class? Uh, this model would cross over to that sport really well. Yeah. Um, and like MMA? Yeah, no, same idea. Yeah. MMA, right? Yeah. Or Because that's um, super arbitrary too. It's like, oh, Dana White wants this guy to fight this guy, right? Well, totally. Yeah, I was like, who's going to yeah. be the heavyweight champion? Just because I, I want to, you know, Right. Um, that's exactly yeah because they, they just call them out on social media and say let's yeah. fight um yeah. where, where this system i think would really um where it would really make a difference is in the college ranks of golf and in the amateur ranks like think on the state level right i mean i live in colorado and the colorado state golf association you know they've got a points-based system for their state tournaments, right? You win the match play, you win the state stroke play, you get certain points and you accumulate enough points and you can go to, you know, their grand finale at the end of the year. Uh, same idea, right? Um, if you just had a performance-based system, again, not an arbitrary points-based system, then you could just truly rank who are the best players in the world because you're going to have enough rounds to do it on the college level where you have different conferences, i.e. different tours, like on the pro level, but the conferences cross over enough between different tournaments, you can have a much more accurate ranking. How do you feel about like the whole handicap ranking system? Like that seems kind of flawed as well, right? Do you see? Yeah. Uh, are you guys going to move on to that after you get accepted? Or... I w- I would love to. That was one of the first things I brought up. Is I joke yeah. with I joke with my brothers. I say this is a way more accurate way to have a handicap system than the handicap right. system. You know, at the yeah. at the end of the day, it's still performance data. So if someone wants to you know, fudge the way that they are inputting the data, then it is what it is. But as far as accuracy comparing against other players, it's way more accurate. I love it, man. I really, I really think it's so amazing that what you guys are doing and I'm excited to see like how it sort of gets accepted or, or what, are, what there's sort of like the next implications and, and how this kind of takes place in the world of golf or, you know, by players, by media and whatnot. Well, it was interesting because uh, so Kyle Porter is a uh, golf uh, writer for CBS and he's got a lot of followers on Twitter. And just I think yesterday he tweeted out, we all know official world golf rankings don't work anymore. So I'm creating the Kyle Porter golf rankings. Right. And then he like tweeted out his top five or whatever. And obviously he was just doing like a top five, top 10. But, you know, sports writers at, at the highest levels are talking about the, I mean, the, they're not even unashamed of it anymore right you know or they're just saying yep it, it doesn't work anymore there's a void to be filled and like i said we are very different not just how owgr does it but other data sites do it because we strip out as we mentioned earlier in the podcast all the arbitrary assumptions and we get back to what matters is performance and winning and the consistency of of those um inputs and you output a legitimately accurate, you know, ranking system. So we're super excited. Uh, you know, what are our goals? We want to be the standard of golf rankings, right? We want we want to be the new benchmark um, to where, you know, whether it's on you know the Golf Channel or somewhere else, they're citing the Universal Golf Rankings because it's accurate, it's unbiased, it's all inclusive, and um, you know the methodology is sound. And, and and maybe maybe lastly, it's. Independent. I love the acronym too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the acronym it just sticks great. with me. Yeah, the tugger. Yeah. Uh, but but maybe, maybe even most importantly, it's independent, right? And I think, right. especially in the day and age that we live, um, people mm-hmm. want to have transparency into the process. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want closed doors. You know, there's people on the official world golf ranking board that are recusing themselves. 
from deciding whether Liv should join or not. You know, again, like there's there's backdoor negotiations going on. We just want to know who the best players in the world are, right? And if some of the best players play on a different tour, like we should we should at least know that, right? And we, we can do with that information what you want, but we should at least know what it is so we're not, you know, spewing out false information. Yeah, versus totally just discrediting this one tour that people have gone to. You know what I mean? That yeah. just doesn't seem right in my eyes as well. Um, right. So that's what's so cool about what you guys are doing. I love it. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan of golf, right? I think that, you and me. You know, we should have a, a solid understanding of how these rankings take place. Um, whether people are playing on PGA Tour, Live, DP World Tour, we should know as fans. And you guys are doing it. I mean, we're watching it take place live you said you've only been around for two weeks as well which is pretty pretty remarkable well we've been working on it for a long time but launched two weeks ago right and uh so it's been good and you know the 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 last thing i'll say is you know what what is the next step in golf now that live has shown that they're going to be around right at least Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future what happens if another tour pops up right i saw there was going to be a tour in like another international tour i don't know yeah, yeah, but okay, I mean, I'll send you data stats on it. But you're right; like, yeah, this thing can happen. Or yeah, this what, what can happens happen if anytime, a, right? what happens yeah. if another tour pops up and they somehow their pitch is a little different and their the money backing them is different, such that what if some of the top twenty players in the world say, "I'm going to that tour," and now we've got th- you know three or four or five different tours that you could make an argument there are great players playing on there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, you know, again how do you rank them because we have different tours and the system, you know, our system allows you to do that in an unbiased way, you know, without saying, mm-hmm. Oh, well for that tour, we're going to give them this many points and that tour, we're going to give them that many points. So that's why it, it, it's built to last, I guess is what I'd say is it, it's built to iterate with the golf world in a way that is unbiased. 